where does yesterday's future, which is already here, ready here, ready here, ready here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you for the voice of Ryan Treasure, Bonnie D. in the house. It's Valentine's Day. We're celebrating, talking about music. You know, I've been doing a feature for about a year now on the future of something and AI. Today, we're talking about music, music of love, music of tragedy, music of angst, music of future, music of hopes and dreams. But who is writing the songs. We all thought Barry Manilow wrote that song, and he didn't. I think it was Bruce Johnson. I have four experts. I'm calling them futurists. They're going to smile for me right now. Okay, gentlemen, and we'll take pictures after. I didn't have time to take pictures. We're going to talk about who is writing the songs, who's writing the music. Is it AI generative? Is it all human? Is it a combination? How do we access music? How do we buy music? How do we make music? All those good things. So I'm going to start off with a little poem that I co-wrote with ChatGPT. And the deal is that ChatGPT is AI and it's improving a lot. Apparently it can remember us now for some of us. And I'm the human. Edward, I want you to know that I edited the poem. So it's, it's even better than just AI. So here we go. When I call your name, gentlemen, please just wave to the audience. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook, and we're on YouTube. Here we go. Greetings, global audience, to a sonic embrace. That's for Valentine's Day. Where melodies meet algorithms in our predictions charting space. In the realm where pixels dance and music takes flight, a future of music composition emerges into our sight. Bonnie D., that's me, as your scarlet mic music and AI guide for the symphony of tech where innovation finds its stride. Here you go. Soundwave Architects, Edward Balasanian, wave hello. Serge Hoffman, wave hello. Will Saul, wave hello. They all follow directions. And Nelson Malleus with the interesting headset, you'll meet in the music and tech realm where AI claims its seat. Let the notes resonate. Let the algorithms play as they orchestrate the future where dreams sing, dance, and sway. Everybody dance and sway a little bit with me. Okay, sway. I'm the only one swaying there, Said, Thank you. Listen and watch as we envision for a while on the future of music and AI. Join us and smile. And I have a shout out to Lindsay Hall for introducing me to Edward and Will. Thank you very much. So what do you think of the poem? Edward, did you like it? It was great. Well done. I like the edits. Oh, thank you very much. And, and Will, what do you think? Impressive. Okay, thank you, Serge. You haven't heard my poetry before on the show. Hello. What do you think? Well, like it's a it? good introduction. I think it's a good introduction. Well done. Thank you. And Nelson? Uh, I'm not very good at English poem in English, but I like it a lot. If I <laughs> That's a real compliment. So what I'd like to do now is go around the table and have each of you introduce yourself, since I've gotten to know you through your bios and through the chat we had before we went live. So let's start with Edward. Edward, I'm putting you on speaker view. I'm giving you three minutes. I want you to squeeze your entire history of being in the music industry into three minutes, make it interesting, <laughs> sing a song, do a dance, whatever you want. And Edward, I am thrilled to have you here. So please talk to us. Bonnie, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm not much of a singer or a dancer, so I'll just stick to narrating my bio. Um, my name is Edward Balasanian. I'm the CEO and founder of Amy. Uh, the short bio is I'm a lifelong entrepreneur. Started my first company when I was 16, and I've been building technology companies since. Uh, I was introduced to computers when I turned 13. 
my mom bought me an Apple IIe, and that kind of started my journey in, in developing code. Um, interestingly enough, I also received the Yamaha DX7 that year, and it's taken me a few decades to bring those two together. Um, I don't consider myself a musician. I'm a music lover. I do play saxophone. I've been playing for 30 years, and I'm still terrible at it. So part of my goal with Amy is to give a voice to people like me who might not be the best musicians in the world um, so that we can express ourselves musically. How did you name the company Amy? What does what does it stand for? Are the letters individually meaning something? Edward, give us a little background. They do. It stands for the AI Music Initiative. Uh, we started five years ago. So this was before AI found its way into your toothbrush. Uh, so we were not jumping in a fad. We actually had a sort of proactive vision of, of how AI could impact music. I think you have a side career uh, in stand-up or sit-down comedy, Edward. You're very funny. <laughs> so, so some of you, some of your remarks were real zingers, and I don't know if they got well. Nelson might not have quite gotten them, but Serge and, and Will do, and I I did. So thank you very much. Very nice to meet you. AI, yes, very very nice. Uh, let's go to Serge. Serge Hoffman. I did a, a, a repeat guest meter. For you this morning, a measurement, I ran the algorithm and I found out that you've been on my show so many times over the years, and we're we're good friends as well, that there are exactly 18.7392 people in the world who don't remember you, Serge. I am so sorry about that. So would you please talk, I know, Edward, I do this for my returning guests. Serge, would you please talk to those 18 points something and uh, tell them, remind them who you are. Welcome back. Thank you, Bonnie, and thank you for inviting me uh, so often. Yeah, it's very nice to be uh, on your shows. So, um, yeah, very short. I've been 15 years in the automotive industry and 24 years in the software industry. And in both uh, those two companies, I'm very fond of technology. And as you can see behind me, uh, I'm using technology to compose music. So I'm a music lover and, and composer, and uh, I've been composing music since a lot of time. Um, and I've been working for a lot of uh, very large uh, companies and doing music for events, music for films, music for videos, and so on. And um, I do one more on this activity. And uh, one also had the pleasure to have uh, professional musicians playing my music on stage. And for that, Nelson, who will speak later, helps me, helps me to write down the score for the musicians to be uh, able to play those music on stage. So um, that's that's me. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I have used your music with your permission on some of my radio shows, and I really appreciate it. What genres do you enjoy composing in, Serge, if I can ask you that? What are your favorite uh, moods or, or what, what, do you, what do you like to create theme music for, Serge? Mm -hmm. I would call it epic music meaning uh, I start composing with my synthesizer and my my, uh, my computer, but uh, I, I compose myself. I will explain that later on. But I really enjoy to have it played by large musicians. So at the moment, the largest uh, band was four or five musicians on stage playing my music, but um, I have much more uh, ambitions, and, and Nelson knows that, because uh, I, I compose already parts for, for uh, nearly 100 musicians uh, for the symphonic orchestra with choir and so on. I didn't find yet the uh, opportunity to have it play on, on, on stage, but it's work in progress. Lovely. Thank you very much. Serge tried to get me to sing to one of his compositions, but it didn't work out. I'm a talker, not a singer, and I took music uh, singing lessons way too long ago and never really graduated. We'll leave that one alone. Thank you, Serge. Welcome back. Will Saul, so happy to have you. I received your referral along with Edwards, as I said, from Lindsay Hall, and I'm happy to meet you. Go ahead, Will. Tell us who you are. Thank you for having me, Bonnie. Um, my name is Will Saul. I'm head of content at 
Amy. Um, I've produced three commercially released albums, many singles and remixes. Uh, and alongside my work with Amy, I run a, re a record label called Owls Music that's entering its 20th year and has now released over 250 records. Um, so I was head of um, music, uh, international music for Sony for many years, opened a record shop. So lots of traditional music industry stuff. Thank you very much. And when did you join, Amy? And did you know Edward before, or how did that work out? I didn't. I, I joined Amy actually initially through um, testing the platform, uh, being asked to feedback on it and uh, it, as an artist, um, and was blown away by it, and gradually um, began working more and more with Edward to the point where I am now head of content. Very nice. I like when smart people get together and decide there's a synchronicity, there's a shared mission and purpose. That's a good story. Nelson Melius with the, with the headset. You could have put little hearts on those. It's Valentine's Day. Nelson, welcome back. Same 19 people who didn't remember Serge with the 0.978. I, for, Edward wrote down the decimal for me. I know he did. So, uh, Nelson, please reintroduce yourself to us. Thank you, Benny, for the invitation. So, yes, I'm Nelson, Nelson Melius. I'm an orchestrator and uh, instrument designer. I mainly work for film music composers, and uh, when I don't, I think about music creation limitations, and uh, I do my best to extend the boundaries. First, I plan to become a film music composer, but I quickly realized that the technical part interested me much more than the composition. So on one, the one hand, there are scores and orchestration that fascinates me uh, since, my, since my teenage years. And uh, I have this huge luck that my uh, youthful passion is now my main job. On the other hand, there is the music instrument development, virtual instruments, but not only. When I first discovered uh, virtual instruments, I said to myself, oh, I don't like that. It does the same thing as human, cheaper, and uh, far less well. So I started working on virtual instruments to fully understand it and identify the limits. My goal was to build a solid argument against virtual instruments. Working on it, I understood that the problem did not come from the virtual instruments, but from what was done with them and the way they are sometimes designed or marketed. So um, if, if sometimes they made uh, virtual instruments uh, can uh, get uh, used to get rid of instrumentalists just to save money, most of the time uh, they are used to make mock-ups uh, and to be uh, replaced by the real instrumentalists who will push the music performance much further. And there is a third case when uh, virtual instruments make it uh, possible to create sounds that can't be created in other ways. And uh, that's uh, what's the, what is interesting to me and what uh, what I do is Inuit samples. Inuit is a French word for unheard or also the French word for incredible. So uh, I have a, a, it's very fun to, for me to, to play with it as a second job. And uh, I, as, as I don't play, uh, as I don't do this with AI, I'm glad to know that there is uh, so much more to explore with uh, these new possibilities. Thank you very much, Nelson. Your English is lovely. 
I, I really enjoy hearing you talk. Thank you so much. Gentlemen, great bios. Happy to have you all here. Now we're going to move to the part of the show where I've asked each of you to send me a quote from a fictional movie or TV character or a song lyric. And you're going to relate it to our topic, which is the future of music and AI. Edward, you are first. And Edward has sent a quote from Lee, the character played by the late, wonderful Bruce Lee. The movie Enter the Dragon. You're the second guest on a different show to pick a quote from Bruce Lee in Enter the Dragon in a week, which is interesting, Edward, because nobody has ever quoted that before. Uh, this is the 1973 martial arts film, the American Hong Kong co-production, one of the most successful martial arts films ever, regarded as one of the greatest martial arts films of all time. Uh, let's see, one more other thing here. Uh, it grows $400 million worldwide, which is in adjusted for inflation as of 2022 was more than $2 billion. It contributed to the mainstream worldwide interest in the martial arts and inspired fictional works, including action films, TV shows, action games, comic books, manga, and anime. Here is the lovely quote. It's like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you'll miss all that heavenly glory. Oh, Edward, what a beautiful quote. Serge, I want you to compose a piece to go with that quote for Edward, please. That would be lovely. It's very inspirational. Edward, take a couple minutes and tell us what this has to do with our topic, please. Well, I think it's I think it's a quote that applies to these technology uh, evolutions and revolutions that we've seen, Web 1.0, Web 2.0, AI. We sometimes get so caught up in the moment that we forget what the goal is. You know, and uh, you can see that right now with AI. It's being thrown at everything, even things that shouldn't be uh, AI problems. So it's just a reminder that we're here to serve each other and technology is here to serve us. And if we apply ourselves with that goal in mind, we won't get lost in the weeds. Very well put. You're a man of few words, but a big impact. I appreciate that. It reminds me of what Nelson was saying about virtual instruments. And yes, and so how, how do we use it? How do we want to use mm -hmm. it? What do we want to use it for? But as in my opening poem, it's great to use AI, but we need the human element, don't we? We still, we still need to be IRL in real life people. Thank you. Let's go to Serge Hoffman. You have picked a quote from John David Washington, played by Robert Pattinson. The movie is Tenet, T-E-N-E-T, -E -E 2020 sci-fi action thriller film. So it's got action and it's a thriller. The line, all right, I won't read the line yet. Uh, it's written by Christopher Nolan, who directed it, produced it with his wife, Emma Thomas. Very, very interesting. The film follows a former CIA agent who was recruited into a secret organization. See, I have to do that. Tasked with tracing the origin of objects that are traveling backwards through time and their connection to attack, an attack from the future to the present. We've got a lot of directions going on here, Serge. Nolan continues his relationship with Warner Brothers and his company was Syncope. Okay, here we go. The quote is, this is interesting. Well, that part is a little dramatic. Serge, what does this have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Yeah, so at first I love the films of Christopher Nolan. You may have seen the, the last one, Oppenheimer, where the music is completely a part of the show, and this is what I really like. And um, the dramatic part was referring to a scene where a, a plane goes into a, a garage in, in the airport. Maybe you have seen that as well. It blows uh, the, the whole airport as a distraction for, for what other people are doing. And, um, and I will use that quote because I think that maybe everything we said about AI and, and um, what the 
Edward just said uh, earlier is exactly on that. We paint uh, everything with AI at the moment, uh, and and sometimes we should not, because AI can help for sure, but but uh, it's not relevant for everything, and uh, it could be dramatic in a sense that it could take the job of a lot of people uh, in various areas, not only music area, but uh, a lot of jobs in in various things. Or, and this is what could be not dramatic, or we can just learn how to use it. Right and and accelerate our our, our efficiency and and then um, produce maybe the same result uh, faster and and uh, uh, use it as to our advantage. But also always, as you said, uh, Bonnie, with a human uh, uh, willingness uh, at the beginning and at the center. Uh, what type of emotion we want to carry uh, through our music, and uh, this is something that uh, AI. You, first, of course, you can choose uh, between very uh, dramatic or very happy or, or very uh, uh, whatever, but it's not the way that, that you would like to to do it. And I think that uh, this is why I've chosen this quote. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Yes, the idea of using it as a tool and that that predisposes that we want to be the ones who it, who are using the tool meaning we're still in charge, right? Right, Edward? Right, right, Will? It's we're the, we're the ones who are saying, I'm going to use AI, not AI is going to use us. And I think that matter of being in charge and being in control is certainly part of how we want to handle it. We talk about very often guardrails and ethics and all of that. And we know in music, the question is, is AI, are these LLMs, large language models, using creative works by composers, by authors, by artists, by poets? without permission and without re recompensing them. So all kinds of issues. But thank you very much, Serge. And let's go on to Will Saul. And you've picked a quote from Dr. Eldon Tyrell, played by Joel Joe Turkle, or Turkel, Blade Runner, 19, where we're going back in time on these movies, 1982. How many years ago? That was 24 and 18. You want to do the math? 42 years ago? <gasps> American neo-noir sci-fi. <laughs> Sorry about that, Will. Uh, Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott, another great one, starring Harrison Ford, Rutger Hauer, Sean Young, and Edward James Olmos, blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Dr. Eldon Tyrell is the CEO and founder of Tyrell Corporation. His creations are replicants some of whom have been given away as an incentive for people to emigrate to the off-world colonies. That's capital O, capital W. Others are used in combat to protect those settlers. I'm not going to go into the whole thing. Um, let's see. And here is the line. Very interesting. I saw the clip and I have it in my notes here. More human than human is our motto. That's scary, Will. Go ahead. What is this? That's just really yeah. scary. Go ahead. Firstly, I'd just like to give a shout out to the Vangelis um, soundtrack, which is was one of my favorites and also him as a composer in general. Um, so I selected this to slightly poke fun, really, at the scenario that everyone is so scared of that has been all over the press and across many industries recently that essentially machines uh, will replace humans. Um, and this is particularly important with what we're doing at Amy because our generative platform is is not replaying or making music from scratch. It's selecting musical loops that have been created by humans on the fly, and it's mixing and mastering and arranging them in real time. Um, so it's really a true collaboration between human and machine. Um, so Amy's generative music platform is built on the fundamental thesis that the art of music can be elevated with the science of technology. So the quote plays into that um, quite closely. More human than human. As I say, that scares me because I have to tell you all that when I saw Edward's PR picture, I'm looking at Edward on the screen right now and all of you can see him. I thought he was, it was an AI representation of the real Edward Balasanian 
because it just had that look of being so perfect. Edward, I'm complimenting you. And when I met him this morning and he showed up on Zoom, I said, are you a real person? Because I really wasn't sure. I'm sorry. That's a compliment to your, I told him it was a compliment to his mom and dad. And he said he had generative AI parents. So there you go. Full, full disclosure. <laughs> Thank you very much. Nelson, I'm getting to your quote here. Nelson has picked a quote from the movie Edward Scissorshand, 1990. We're getting a little more present in the movies. American Gothic romantic fantasy film directed by Tim Burton. You have all picked movies by major, major directors and producers. I'm very impressed. Uh, Edward is an unfinished artificial humanoid. There we go with more human than human with scissor blades instead of hands. He's taken in by a suburban family and falls in love with their teenage daughter. Okay. And here is the quote. It's a scene. Edward played by Johnny Depp says, Kevin, you want to play scissors, paper, stone again? And Kevin Boggs, played by Robert Oliveri, says, no, Edward, why not? Kevin, because it's boring. I always win. Okay. <laughs> scissors, get it? Okay. Nelson, explain what this has to do with our topic, please. Yeah, thank you, Benny. Um, it's had to pick this uh, quote because the comparison uh, between humans and AI often comes up in discussions. And uh, I don't find it relevant. AI is good for what it's designed for. And uh, when humans want to place themselves uh, above the AI by pointing it to its limits, it doesn't make sense. And uh, in the same way uh, that, that uh, racing with AI uh, in a specialization field doesn't make sense, doesn't make sense either. So like uh, Kevin, I don't find it uh, fun to play a limited game. Just uh, let's take advantage of the potential of each person and uh, each technology to get the best. The best is what we want. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you all for the quotes. Very interesting movie selections. I appreciate it. Edward, I've picked two of your predictions. We're going to go for predictions now. I will pick one or two from each of you, and I will put it into the private chat for you so I don't bother anybody else. I'll read the predictions and ask you to unpack them. If anybody else has a comment, Nelson or Serge or Will, about Edward's just raise one of your polite fingers to me and I will call you and take about a minute or two so we can keep it moving to unpack your comments. So here we go. Edward says the following, AI tools will dominate music making for producers. And he adds, AI tools will dominate live performance for DJs. I'm intrigued by both of those. Edward, you want to unpack, please? Sure. I think Nelson already kind of touched on this. I mean, AI is good at certain things. And when you look at music making, there's so much engineering in music making today. If you sit down in front of a DAW, for example, a digital audio workstation, a lot of that has very little to do with music and has a lot to do with engineering. And technology throughout its history has removed the burden of engineering for humans so they can focus on being creative. And I think that's the point of these two predictions. As a music producer, you can leverage AI to make more music and be more creative. And as a DJ, having these tools at your disposal while you perform live will allow you to do much more than you could do before. Give me more examples about the DJ because um, it, it's sometimes a joke. People are planning a wedding and they want to have a live band versus they want to have a DJ. By the way, uh, Serge and Nelson, I watch a lot of French detective thriller shows like Tandem and uh, a whole bunch of other ones. What did I see? Uh, Magellan. I just finished uh, about 40 hours of Magellan. Love the French detective shows. And in one of the scenes, Edward, 
a family was planning a wedding and somebody was furious because they had a singer and the wedding couple said, we don't want to use him. He's too old fashioned. He's has been. We want a DJ so that the songs will be exactly the way people expected them to be. And of course, somebody was murdered and we won't get into that. So tell me about your idea on this prediction on DJs. Is it a DJ in a club, DJ at a wedding? How will they use AI? I'm, I'm very curious, Edward. Well, if you look at performing live performing DJs who are either producing live or mixing with four decks, this is not just managing a playlist. These are craftsmen who are live mixing songs and interleaving them together so that there's a seamless mix. You don't feel like you're listening to song after song. Instead, what you're doing is you're experiencing music. And the best DJs will create a journey for the audience that feels like this immersive music journey. Uh, and I think with more tools and more ability to craft these musical journeys on the fly, you'll just see this elevate. You know, you'll see these tools give these DJs even more ability to be creative on the fly. Okay, I'd love to get comments from everybody else. Any DJ insights here, uh, Will or Serge or Nelson? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, um, obviously. I completely agree with Edward in terms of what, what the potential lays ahead there. It, it's just going to enable people to do more, much more. Than okay. Much more. Thank you very much. Bringing back the genre of DJs, the popularity. There have been some um, movies, TV movies I've I've watched, also thrillers, where DJs, uh, female DJs, male DJs are unbelievably popular, worldwide followings, and they just make a name for themselves because they're so damn good. I used to be a, a a hustle dancer, disco dancer, when I was living in Eugene, Oregon. And at one point, I wanted to learn to be a DJ. So I went to the DJ in this club. It was called the Copa, not the Copa Cabana in New York. And uh, my dance partner and I were in contests, and we did all kinds of stuff to Donna Summer, MacArthur Park Suite. We had a, a great a Travolta-style thing. I was 98 pounds and he would lift me over his head and spin me around and, you know, all that good stuff with a lot of fun. But I went to the DJ and I said, would you teach me? And he taught me at that time, Edward, this is going back a long time ago, that you had to have, you build up the speed of the songs. You start with a slow song and then you build up to almost a frenetic, high, high intensity dance rhythm. And you want people to leave the dance floor and go buy drinks. That was the point of the DJ. That, so you started, so he had his, his songs were coated with blue and green and orange and red. Red was the fastest, hottest song. And he taught me which songs were cataloged with which colors. And you had to spin them seamlessly one after the other so that you would get the crowd dancing, the slow dance. The, my partner used to call it the hug and chuck. And then you'd get a little bit faster. And then you get into the freestyle and maybe a hustle and maybe a Lindy. And then all of a sudden, bang, everybody was dancing their tootsies off. And they all said, oh, I'm thirsty. I have to go buy more beer. I need a glass of wine. Oh, I need a cocktail. And they would run for the bar, and then you could start the slow sequence again. I never did it more than once or twice because it was not easy to do. Edward, any comments on that style of the, do they still do it that way? I'm sorry. Well, if you look at electronic music DJs, they're you know, while they might be using songs and tracks, what they're doing is actually interleaving these different songs and tracks so seamlessly that you don't recognize necessarily the from one song to another. I would say more so than just trying to get you to go buy drinks, they're trying to keep your energy level maintained. 
bringing it up, giving you a break, bringing it up, giving you a break, that kind of management of the audience is a gift. I mean, people who can do that well are truly remarkable. That was the point. Has anybody experienced that? Anybody been to a, a place where there's a DJ who you notice the songs? Or you wouldn't know the color coding. Anyway, I'll leave that one alone. Thank you, Edward. That was very m- memorable for me. I appreciate the memory. Let's go on. Serge, I picked prediction number two from your notes. I'm going to read it. This is interesting. And then we'll see if anybody has comments. Serge says, composers, actors, singers, and others who won't learn to use AI will be severely impacted they'll simply lose their jobs. This is the doom and gloom surge. We don't usually do that. They'll need to reinvent themselves, maybe focusing more on live performances. I'm going to stop there because there's a lot more in it. Serge, tell us, this is uh, this is pretty dire. So how and when and how fast do they need to learn it? Go ahead, Serge. Uh, I think um, it's a continuous improvement, right? <clears throat> and um, the fact to learn those new tools is just, as I said earlier, a matter of productivity and also the capability to... Uh, put exactly your message and your voice and to be recognized as your style. And already today, uh, I think it's so hard uh, without AI, you know, to earn a living, to make a living as a musician in the world with so much offering in the various uh, uh, streaming platforms and so on. It's so difficult that already uh, what the artists are, are mostly doing now is shows, uh, live shows to, to make their living and to sell tickets. Some are doing that better than others. It's a problem of, of marketing and also performances on stage. And when you're on stage as an artist, uh, you cannot uh, cheat. You cannot replace with a bot or, or, or an AI tool and so on. You, ha- you have to play and deliver and deliver the emotion that people are uh, looking for you. And, and then you make the bond with the audience. And, and this is how, how you continue as a musician to produce. Making the bonds with the audience. Very well put. Anybody have any comments about bonding with the audience? Will, you look like you're ready to say something. No, no, no. I was, uh, <laughs> okay, I, I misread I the cue. No, I thought what Serge was, was saying was really accurate. Thank you very much. Edward, any comments from that? I'm reminded of Millie Vanilli, who actually uh, performed on stage without actually performing on stage. Not just Millie Vanilli, but... Um, I, I totally agree. I mean, look, I don't think that we created computers to replace humans. I think we created computers to do things that humans shouldn't bother doing. You know, we we want to remove the re- robotic part of our lives. And if you're doing something routine and repetitive that's tedious and fraught with engineering, let a computer do that. It's mm. much better use for a computer. And yeah. that's the philosophy of bringing a lot of automation into, into jobs and corporations. Serge, please go ahead. Yeah, and even to, to follow up on, on what Edward yeah. just said, for example, you use a loop and, and you have people with just a guitar like Ed Sheeran who creates loop and he's the master on that. So, okay, you create a loop with one or two, two uh, instruments and then you play on top of it. And what is beautiful is to play before the tempo or, or behind the tempo, you know, to add a, a rhythmic pattern on, on that and to add dynamic and to add life to uh, simply your, your performance, which is something that the machine and the AI, whatever, cannot copy, right? Um, because it's unpredictable. Uh, the emotion that uh, a musician can bring on stage is unpredictable or a jazz player or whatever, you know? So so I'm not so much worried about, about that because uh, despite all, all the efforts that uh, engineers can do on, on the codes, on the systems, on the large language machines, as you said, even long chain stuff now co- coming up, and I'm using that for, on a daily basis for my job, right, uh, on a software company. But for, for, for creation of music, uh, I'm using a DAW, uh, a digital uh, 
I don't remember the, the name, uh, workstation. And, and, and um, I tried, uh, uh, you know, uh, artificial intelligence to, and to influence the model, as they say. I put my own music in, into a model to see what comes out of it. And it was really a deception. I was really to open, you know, if it is better, okay, let's see. But the, the result was worse than what I put in, <laughs> in terms of, of result and, and, uh, and the way it was, the, you know, the harmony and so on. So I say, okay, fine. Uh, I'm, I'm reassured now, uh, you know, and, and uh, depending on what you're looking for, if it is just a few seconds to have a background music for elevator, for sure, you can use uh, artificial intelligence to, to create music. But if you want something uh, strong for, for a specific movie and, and so on, um, I recently did a, a music for, for a film and uh, the guy said, I want emotion in my movie, and and uh, I knew you were my guy, you know, and so so uh, and and that movie for for was for a very large corporation. Uh, I don't want to say the name here, but uh, I was really pleased to have be, be able to tick the, the the mark to deliver what he was expecting, and this is something you cannot do without just a machine. Very interesting. I know I've I've read recently that when you I watch the thrillers, I watch a lot of French detective thrillers. And I read that they add the music after the scene is recorded. So somebody has to interpret, is this a sad moment? Is it a scary moment? Is it a happy moment? Is it a loving moment? Somebody has to pick the music track to go under that. And sometimes it's annoying because I listen, I say, oh, what's coming next? That's music that tells me, be aware, something bad is going to happen, maybe. And, but it doesn't. So I'm starting to listen to the background music surge, and I wonder who actually picked it for some of these scenes because the music is leading. Yeah, the the, the the direction of the emotion. Yeah, but usually it's the director. The director who tells you from this sequence I want this, that sequence I want that. And for example, I can show to you in in my instruments. Yeah. You see the little knob here. Uh, yeah. And and this is how you can select image by image. Right, and you, you can program the start, the cue of the music at the right moment that you want in the film. You know, so you can make the the synchro between the, the sound and, and the image, and even start before, as you said, to make it a little bit uh, tension. And what is interesting in music is the uh, the movement between tension and release, tension and release. Thank you. Very interesting. Just learned something. Let's go on to Will. I've picked your. Prediction number two, this is interesting, talking about bonding. You say artists will increasingly use platforms like Amy to publish their ideas directly to their fans. Now, there's a lot to unpack here, even though it's just one short sentence, Will. So talk about uh, directly to fans and publishing ideas. I like that. Will, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, generative operating systems can be um, embedded into many different platforms. So from computer games to cars to anywhere you can listen to music in a public place, um, which mean essentially artists will have access to all of these different verticals at the touch of a button. So traditionally this kind of reach um, and access has required the time and resource of a record label. Um, and there will of course still be that, but um, the generative music as an on-demand service can be more reactive and more detailed in terms of the emotion it's responding to and in turn trying to create. Um, so really generative music as a service can power and facilitate the reach and detail in a much more nuanced way. Um, and as it embeds in, in, in more operating systems in more verticals, it will in turn give businesses more access to these verticals. 
So how would a how would you publish directly? For example, let's say that um, I create a song. Okay, I just wrote a wrote some lyrics last week, and I tried to make a melody, and I didn't pick a, a service that was really user friendly to me. So I've got to, I want to figure something. Is it going to be a rap song or a rock song? And let's say I was proud of it. How would I publish it? How would I how would I tell somebody about it and know who would like to have it? Will the platform help me? Will exactly. So I mean, don't forget this is a prediction of the future. You can't do it now. Um, but yeah, <laughs> tomorrow, it, it, tomorrow, mañana, tomorrow, tomorrow, in the future, I imagine it's going to be much easier to reach wider and quicker, and from a from a stem from a from an idea level rather than from a track level. Um, and the gen, the generative platforms will allow you to uh, will allow your music to be arranged on the fly in real time and be published all these different places very quickly. Interesting. Anybody have any comments about that? Reaching fans directly, Serge or Nelson or Edward. Edward, you're Amy. What do you think? I think for creative people, take a vocalist, for example. If I want to bring my vocal ideas to the world, I need to hire a producer. I need to get a studio. I need to get a company material created. I need to record a track, and then I need to go get a label, and I need to publish it, and I hope that Spotify will put it in a playlist and have people hear it. Now I can just sing. And generative platforms can incorporate my beautiful vocals into the right place at the right time with the right harmonic rhythm to make sure that my voice gets heard. And that's a transformation for creatives. Again, removing this engineering burden from the art of creating music. Interesting. That always brings up the question of, are we taking jobs away? You know, that's something that people say, hey, I'm just going to get all businesses and people will be out of jobs. But we don't want to talk about that. It's interesting. So in the, in the interest of... of reaching people of having on the fly of being more efficient right but then there will be as Serge was saying in his prediction people will need to reinvent themselves in certain businesses to have other either ai skills or to get other work so that they can still be part of what they love to do Serge, correct yeah but i think it's very interesting i, I didn't i was not aware of this platform me and i, I will uh, look at it for for sure and also maybe i would like to understand you know the monetization part uh, i don't know if it is the right place to talk about it now to to see uh, how uh, in terms of propriety um, because pretending that is the song that bonnie sung uh, uh, and um, would she get credit for, for that somehow uh, would she be paid for that if somebody used her, her song in, in a specific film or, or uh, event uh, what has what will happen with her own ip edward comments sure uh, well there's there's two pieces to to our vision of the future for music one is generative music as a service so we have a large body of samples that we own wholly, and those samples are used by our algorithms in a programming language that we've created called Amy Script, which allows us to articulate the recipe for music in a variety of different genres, whether it be continuous music or outputting recorded music that's bespoke for maybe a video or some other need. Um, that content is royalty-free, it's copyright-free, and it's guaranteed and warranted to be both. So you can use it however you want. If you're a producer, you can upload your own melody, we'll build a song around it. If you have a video, we'll score the video for you. If you have a sample that you want to find similar sounds to, we can source the content from our own sample repository. So in that sense, we're accelerating the ability for artists to make music. You don't have to sit in front of a DAW or spend hours waiting through samples in a sample library. You can now make music 
um, in minutes that would typically have taken weeks to do. That service is going to be available to producers. It'll be available to enterprises via API, so you can connect it up um, over uh, uh, into any app, product, or service. Separate from that, we have a consumer platform that's free and it'll stay free. And it lets fans, essentially fans of electronic music, interact with these music experiences in real time. So the same system is powering this um, this medium where fans can interact with electronic music that's being generated in real time so their inputs can personalize that music. And artists are able to create these curated spaces, these multidimensional music spaces that fans can go and explore. And it really creates this medium where fans and artists kind of seamlessly transition from one to the other. We believe truly that every creator is also a fan and every fan should also be a creator. Sounds like a new type of a community, doesn't it? Where there's a fluid, what's your role in that community? Serge, does that answer your question? I'm not sure uh, regarding uh, how much money you will get for your song, Bonnie, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, please, you know I don't need it. That's okay. It's just for fun. I want to move on. Nelson has a very interesting prediction here. A little bit of a, a segue to what we've been talking about, but different. So Nelson says... More music hobbyists. Now, we've been using the word artist, haven't we, Edward and Will and Serge? The word artist, presuming it's somebody in the business or who wants to be in the business. So Nelson is flipping that on its head and saying music hobbyists will be able to write music and the audience will acquire more professional competences, competencies that will challenge professionals and hobbyists for better music. Nelson, unpack this, please. Very interesting. Yes. I'm the, I'm the hobbyist. Go ahead. Oh, I was also a hobbyist, and we all start with that. So tools that makes uh, it easy to create music without necessarily having a strong uh, technical skills already exist uh, for years now. And uh, I think that uh, AI will allow us to go a lot further in this direction, as much for hobbyists as for professionals. So music generation will become uh, an experience accessible to all connected people as my uh, image generation already is now. Uh, so uh, the audience, uh, hobbyists or just uh, listeners, will be able to create music easily. Uh, if they can do that, they will expect from professional a much more demanding results uh, uh, much more demanding results that, uh, than uh, uh, than what uh, they can uh, generate at home with AI. So, for, so professionals will have uh, to go uh, to become better and better to satisfy a more competent, uh, more competent audience. Thank you very much. Anybody have any comments on music hobbyists besides me? Anything, Edward? Please join me. Go ahead. Uh, Nelson actually said something really important that the best professional musicians are at their heart hobbyists. M music has always been something that we have done as a social uh, as a social gift to each other. And it wasn't until the recording industry tried to monetize that experience by recording it and reselling it that we ended up with this industry that we have today. So I think the you know the point here really is that the more we empower musicians, whether they're fans, hobbyists, or professionals with the ability to express themselves, the more expressivity we're going to have. And I think that for music is a great thing, not a bad thing. Music is a social gift to each other. Is that what you said, Edward? Have you I did say that. Have you copyrighted that? 
Have you put that no, on? I have not. It's, my, it's my gift. <laughs> Reddit or Pinterest. Come on. We need, we need to have that. That's lovely. What do you all think? That was a, a lovely statement, Edward. I'm going to remember that. It's, it'll be in the soundtrack of the show. Thank you very much. We have time. Nelson, thank you. Very interesting. Anybody have any other comments for Nelson? Are we good? Okay. Uh, we have time for maybe one more, two more predictions. Serge, I picked your prediction number three. Let's talk about authenticity. Okay. How do you know? So here's what Serge says. Nothing will replace the human composer, the human conductor, the human musicians. The audience will eventually make the difference and will look for authenticity. will know the difference. Not sure professionals using music will make the difference between composed by a human, by an AI. And he adds, professionals might focus on price, cost only. You can feel, and Serge put that all in capital letters, F-E-L, you can feel whether art, a picture, a photo, video, film, or music carries a real emotion. AI creation always reveals at some point or another their fakeness. Oh, my. Serge, tell us more. Everybody's nodding. Yeah, let's get to the core of this. Go ahead, Serge. Yeah, I think reality uh, of uh, emotion or composition or, or of an image or sound is something important. And, uh, you know, we as human, we always have a, a sixth sense uh, to understand what is really uh, what is real or fake. And sometimes you hear, uh, for example, a nice uh, podcast on, on YouTube or, or wherever, and, and you hear a word which is weird, that is translated uh, in a way that for sure it is has been generated or it is wrongly translated and you see it's, it's weird. Or you see an image of two very famous people kissing each other. One is the Pope and the other one is the president of whatever. You know it's it's a fake. And and I think we will develop uh, because those those fake images and fake uh, emotions and, and fake uh, harmony uh, will be more and more into an, uh, our environment. And I think people at some point will look for authenticity, as I, as I wrote, because uh, this is what you're looking for. And, and uh, you know, Edward was mentioning uh, the connection of, of social um, relationship between all of us. And, and uh, if we would not like music, we would not be here today, uh, the five of us, right? And, and for me, music is a way to connect to people. I met so many people all throughout the world uh, on a daily basis with my music and my, my compositions for, for uh, whatever uh, purposes, you know. It's um, a connection capability and it's a great uh, way to uh, reach the, the heart of, of the people uh, wherever they are. And um, this is what, what I, I really believe that uh, uh, something generated by, by, by a machine cannot re replace that, uh, which is on stage again, especially uh, if it is your music played by, by an orchestra and, and, and then you feel this, this emotion. It could be a classical orchestra or, or a modern orchestra or both together, right? And, and this is where you see uh, the, the large emotion. And I think this is the type of thing that people are looking for. This is why you have so much big arena and big uh, sounds. And now there's a very big uh, development I have noticed in the concept of infra bases. You know, infra bases which are in your chest and you can feel it in your guts and you can feel it, you know, everybody uh, reacts to, 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 to this type of bases, which you can do only on, on, on stadium or, or large uh, stages. And you cannot reproduce that. And uh, it, it, it goes to the same type of, of things you were mentioning earlier, Bonnie, in, in the, you know, uh, the rhythm, uh, people get hotter and hotter and hotter. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also linked to the emotion and the um, physical, um, how could I say, message that, that you can carry uh, with a, a song or, or music, uh, which is only be able to, to be carried by musicians. 
uh, here. And I noticed also in all our conversations, nobody was mentioning replacing musicians on on stage by by, by uh, AI generated music. You know, because it's it's feasible. You know, when people make fake playing that they're fake and and it's another soundtrack which is played. But again, at some point, people recognize that. You know, and and. Uh, you know, there's a difference of of uh, perspective, difference of, of sound, difference of of very tiny things that people recognize, and uh, nothing is better than than pure rock and roll. I would say. Thank you. I want to. Uh, Will, did you have something you want to say? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I belong to an online poetry group, and I get we get a prompt every Wednesday morning by the moderator. And today's prompt was write a Valentine poem, a love poem. And I decided to write mine about music, and I'd like to just read it briefly because I think it speaks to what we're talking about right now, so just bear with me. I wrote, To My Love. Our music through the eras croons the lore of our loves, sweet and bitter, happy and sad, uplifting and irritating, at first sight and slowly, kind and cruel, acknowledged and denied, secret and open. Do I remember the song that was playing when we met, when we first kissed, when we declared, when we bared our souls? when we argued, when we broke, when we cried. Alas, Madame and Honoré, Chevalier and Gingold knew my answer. They sang it in Gigi in the 1958 film. Yes, I remember it well. What'd you think? Thank you. Thank you. I wrote Beautiful. that in post. Thank you. I wrote that and posted it this morning and somebody wrote to me. He thought it was a gorgeous poem and that I didn't get maudlin or sappy, but I just captured it all. Music is the lore of our loves. It expresses who we are, who we want to be, who we were, are happy and are sad. Now I'm going to cry. Anyway, thank you for listening to that. I just thought it would be something nice to read. So thank you for thank you for putting up with that. We have uh, five minutes left. I want to read Edward Smiley. I want, it's very unpredictable. This is live radio. What can I tell you? It's all authentic, right? Serge, I stopped using the word authentic about two years ago and I call it real deal. Real dash deal. That's who you're all the real deal. Uh, we have time for one more prediction. Will, I'm going to read this a little more technical on the production side, but let's just do this quickly. You say AI will mean record labels can manage their catalogs and metadata more efficiently. Can you just unpack that, Will, please? Yeah, sure. And it's, it's really to the, to the same point that's been made a few times already that essentially if we can get AI to computers to, to remove the monotony of, of tasks that, that we all have to do as part of the music business, then that would be a wonderful thing. I mean, it'd be amazing if you could distribute straight to DSPs like Apple and Spotify at the touch of a button without having to use clunky distribution systems. Um, imagine being able to upload your tracks and purely enter the artisan title of the new music and the AI reads all the qualities. And with some minimal prompts, it can mine the web for information on the artist, write the press release, pitch to the DSPs for playlists, mail to press to other artists. Um, and then it collates all this data, accounts to the artist, pays the artists, um, really enabling people to with the sort of the musical vision to go and find new great music and 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 sign it. Um so, I mean, there are platforms out there that are already building on Notion templates to power record labels to be more efficient and effective, but they're still in it, in their infancy. But I don't, I don't think we're far away from from actually a lot of that monotony being um, taken care of. Thank you very much. And I'm going to squeeze in one more quick prediction. I told Nelson, "Vite, vite!" That's fast, fast in French. AI will diversify the creation by surprising the composers who use it. 
It will stimulate the ones who dare to explore the proposals. Just, uh, I have about one minute, Nelson. It's all yours. Go ahead. Okay, so AI, as we do, grows its ideas by mixing what it is uh, able to absorb. And the amount of music data at the disposal of uh, ER exceeds by far what a human can absorb in a lifetime. So when a human creates music, AI can suggest him or her to move in directions that the composer would not have imagined in the first place due to the limitation of time and experience uh, he can't escape. So these explorations can be done very quickly and uh, it's up to the composer to know what he or she wants to grab or not and uh, ask uh, AI to go further in one direction or explore something uh, more uh, uh, unpredictable. Thank you. Very interesting. Anybody have a quick comment on what Nelson just shared on the, the human decision making on where your creativity is going to go based on what AI has suggested? Serge, Edward? So, Will, anybody? Uh, I've got a quick comment. I think yeah. uh, Nelson's exactly right. When we've played back to artists, their own creations reimagined by our platform, they're not intimidated by it. They're actually inspired to reimagine their own works. And that's one of the most inspiring parts of this is, is really shaking that ball, you know, and getting the snowflakes to fall in a new way. And that's uh, something I think all artists would encourage and be and welcome just from their own creative side. Thank you. I will tell you all that I wasn't going to watch the Grammys last week, but I tuned in about 40 minutes late. I missed the uh, Tracy Chapman and and the uh, gentleman, the country singer. I missed the duet. I got to watch it. But I saw Miley Cyrus and I saw some others singing. I was so impressed with the musicality, with the productions, with the song. I was crying and clapping during her rendition of Flowers. I thought it was just phenomenal. And I heard the song on on the radio all the time and on promotions on different stations that I hear on, on Alexa. She changed the words. She said, I won my first Grammy. <laughs> yes, I saw that. It was it was magical. And I watched other performers. I couldn't leave the TV once I started to watch the show. I was amazed at how much I enjoyed music that I wouldn't normally be listening to by choice. I thought the live performances were just spectacular. I loved it. And Joni Mitchell, of course, was just quite a lot of nostalgia and pathos there, and she did beautifully. So I want to thank you, Edward Balassani, and pleasure to meet you. Serge Hoffman, always wonderful. Will Saul, also a pleasure, and thank you to Lindsay Hall. I hope she's watching or listening for introducing you. Nelson Malleus, always charming, and keep the headset. We'll let you wear it again. Uh, gentlemen, I want you to, we got to go. Quickly, raise your finger. We're going to say no, no, no on the can of three. Give me a no, no, no. People say the future is already here and our answer is one, two, three. Come on. No. Come on, Edward. No, no, no. No, no. Because that was yesterday's future. And that was the future when I said that sentence, it's in the past already. We're going to make it a better one. Thank you. Don't go away. We can take pictures. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.